0: So I got a story about Ochazuke that I want to share with you.
1: Oh, let's hear it. All
0: right. So I lived in Japan for a little bit last year. My last day, I had to wake up at, you know, you always have to wake up early for the airport. So you're not in a four hour long line. And that's true of any country, by the way, all three that I've been to. So I got to bed at maybe like 4 or 4.30. I was out with some friends the night before. So I got a grand total of maybe two hours of sleep. So I get to the airport, I was flying out of Haneda. I get to the airport and I'm looking for something to eat. So I didn't really want fast food and to my luck, if you want to call it luck, I couldn't really find many fast food places, but I did find a Japanese place. So I was like, all right, so my level of Japanese, it's getting better. And I can read much better than I can speak and writing is not a thing because writing isn't a thing in English anymore because we <laughs> type in text. So I was able to read the menu mostly. So I ordered a tempura ochazuke. So I get it. And we've seen this in the episode. We you know how it comes. We see the rice. And so because I ordered the tempura on the tempura was on top. But the kettle really threw me off because I hadn't ever had it before. So I could read it and I could order it, but I didn't know how to eat it. So I get the kettle and I'm expecting there to be a cup for tea because I thought it was a small pot of tea. <laughs> yeah. So I get it and I didn't want to ask because, as you know, I don't like to ask anyone for anything. I'll walk around <laughs> 20 miles instead of asking for directions because that's a cardinal sin in Jim's world. So I sit down, and I'm looking around. I'm like, all right, if I can see someone, if I can kind of spy on someone who's doing this. So I'm looking around, and I'm kind of hunched over. I'm looking left, and I'm looking right. And finally, like, all the way down the food court, I see some guy who has it. So I'm kind of, like, leaning over. I'm looking at him, and I just kind of watch him do it. And I'm taking these mental notes, and I just... I can't even imagine what that must have looked like for someone else to just watch me, you know? Like, I'm sure it was very obvious that I had no idea.
1: Holding this hot kettle in your hands, just like, ow.
0: (laughs) I had no clue what I was doing. Luckily, it was on a tray, but I'm looking around and I like, I saw some people looking, you know, they weren't paying too much attention, but I think it was very obvious that I had no idea what the hell I was doing. But eventually I figured out and I'm glad I did because it was really good, man.
1: I never had it. Uh, but this might be one of the other times that I try it again, because I have all the ingredients, which is rice and tea. So (laughs) just got to put the kettle on. But yeah, that's, that's really interesting that they gave you your own individual kettle. And that's smart, because we find out that um, the best way to serve it, if you're serving it's like to do it as like almost the very, almost the last thing you add to the dish. That way it prevents it from being soggy. So having it served to you like on your own time, ta- like with your own kettle, you can uh, just add it whenever you're ready. So that's 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 nice.
0: I completely missed that part, though, because I again I didn't know how to properly do it. Mm-hmm. So I poured pretty much the entire kettle. And so I kind of had this <laughs> soup. It was good. Don't get me wrong. It was yeah. a little soggy, but it is what it is. And now I know because I watched this episode of the show and it's great. Yeah. So, you can have it, from what I read when I did some research, with either tea or soup. And I am, like, 95% sure that I had it with soup. Mm. I don't think it was tea.
1: Yeah, so I would prefer soup, I think. That's, like, one of our staple dishes growing up. Whenever you're sick, you just have, like, some, like, chicken broth. You throw some rice in there and then maybe, like, some uh, shredded chicken breast. And that's like it, like that's that's like the perfect sick food, I think. So but I'd be interested to try it with tea. The texture is gonna probably be similar, but the obviously depending on the tea, right? I'm probably just the green tea is what I assume they, they use, but
0: I think that's what they said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the tea thing, I would try it but I probably wouldn't like it. I think soup, just because, like you said, it's such a familiar, like, sick thing. It's like a chicken noodle soup, you
1: know? Exactly. Maybe we can do that as, like, a a Patreon exclusive or something, is, is we try these dishes, because that'd be fun. I, like I said, I, I've, I've been doing it, so why not film it? And you can see how, uh, how horrible I am at cooking.
0: Watch us drown rice in green tea. Oh,
1: God, all right. <laughs>
0: hey, why not? Why not? It might I'm, be fun.
1: I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to ask us to go straight into the intro so I can stop this uh, monstrosity. Let's do it.
0: So, today we are going to talk about episode 3 of Midnight Diner, the Ochazuke sisters. So, the highlights of this episode. So, we start off, we have two customers who are eating. They're a couple. They met at a bar over their love of natto, which, by the way, is not as bad as it looks. I judge this hard before I actually tried it. Have you tried it before?
1: Yes, and it is bad. Oh,
0: I shouldn't have asked for your opinion. Shame on me. Moving on. And
1: smells. It does smell. I'll
0: give you that. I'll give you that. So the Ochazuke sisters come in. They are three women in their 30s and they order Ochazuke, which, as we described in the intro, is rice with some sort of topping served with either green tea or soup. So the sisters each order a different topping. So we have Miki who orders pickled plum. Kana orders with salmon, and Rumi orders with cod which makes its second appearance so far in three episodes. So they come back from a wedding, and they're talking about, they're just really having a go at everything in a bad way. They're really negative. The portions were small. The guy was balding. The groom is old and all this stuff. But eventually they say, you know what? She did look nice, referring to the bride. The bride looked pretty nice. But we have to stick to our guns because we are in it for true love. So, Salmon and Kaduro, I'm going to refer to them by their toppings <laughs> instead of their name, just because it that's makes what it the master And think.
1: that's what the master does, too.
0: Exactly. When in Rome, right? Or yeah. when in Shinjuku, I guess. Yeah. Right. So, Salmon and Kaduro briefly discuss going to a matchmaking party, but Pickled Plum is like, you know what? No, we can't. It's all about true love, and they seem to be fixated on this idea of finding true love in their own certain way. We find out that Codro is going to go back home to Kyushu to look after her sick mom. But she's also going to attend a marriage interview. So as Pickled Plum and Salmon talk about this, they say, you know what, she's a traitor. We are never going to speak to her again. We're cutting her out. We're down to two now. So we see their friendship develop while Codro is in Kyushu. So Pickled Plum gets hospitalized for a little bit. And Salmon goes to visit her in the hospital, nurses her back to health a little bit. After this, we see the couple from the beginning of the episode in the diner, and they're speaking with Master, who says that he hasn't seen the sisters recently. So, June, who was one half of the couple, tells Master about what happened. So, there was a fight between Salmon and Pickled Plum. They were at the bar that June works at. So, Salmon got together with Pickled Plum's
1: <laughs> ex. I'm sorry. It's just really fun because you're just giving, like, just like this very well like constructed summary. And it's just their names. I'm sorry, continue.
0: When I go back to listen to this, I'm going to think, wow, this sounds really weird. But hopefully, you watch the episode so it doesn't sound too
1: crazy. <laughs> Yo, if, if someone's just like, oh, oh cool, it's a midnight identified podcast. let's just start, like, in the middle where, you know, like, episode three. What the hell? <laughs>
0: I think they stumbled like across some sort of a CIA secret radio station. Like <laughs> yeah. salmon and pickled plum have entered the building. Uh, cod row flanks left, and we go in and make the capture.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if like if you if you decode this epi- uh, episode, this is uh, you have like strike orders or some shit.
0: You'll find out where Jimmy Hoffa was buried.
1: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the episode. So we learn that Salmon got together with Pickled Plum's ex, and of course this is not okay. So Pickled Plum pours her drink on Salmon's head, and from there all hell just absolutely breaks loose. There's a massive bar fight that breaks out. So obviously not great for the friendship or for anyone, because fighting is bad, as we all know. Did you catch the guy in the back still singing karaoke?
1: Yeah, yeah. They they flash back towards it, and and later in the episode. <laughs> They, that was such a nice. They cut. zoomed in on him too, so just like to make sure that you knew this guy was trying to get his uh he was trying to get his song on. Oh yeah, <laughs> no matter what.
0: Love it. We then cut to Katero in Kyushu, so she has her marriage interview, and she's talking to this uh this real interesting fella. He's a sweaty dude who seems to really be into ballroom dancing, and goes on about certain types of dance. He talks about the waltz. And so he's talking about how the waltz has its origins in another dance. So he's talking about the waltz. And if you noticed, there's a waltz that begins to play in the background. So as it's playing, there's a slow-mo replay of the bar (laughs) incident. So you see their faces all contorted. And that's where
1: they brought back (laughs) the lone guy singing.
0: Yeah, it's so good. So after the fight, Pickled Plum goes to the diner alone and she says, you know, I think people get more stubborn as they get older. And then she brings it to herself instead of speaking in general terms. And she says, I personally know that I have a hard time letting things go. So here comes the master, as we all have come to expect already with his great advice. And he says, listen, I may not be one to talk, but I think you're overthinking things. Life is simple, like Ochazuke. So you got to just go with the flow sometimes and you don't have to be logical about everything. So she begins to eat. And she just lets it all out. It's a flood of emotions coming out as she's talking to master about this. So then he says, you know what? You can try some of the other flavors, too. You can try salmon and cod roe. Whatever one you want, it's on me. So she orders salmon just as Miss Salmon comes in. And she comes in and she orders pickled plum. So it's a little bit of a willingness to be more open and flexible. So once she sits down, they talk in... Salmon says, you know, I broke up with your ex, you're right, he was a garbage guy. So they, they apologize, and then they discuss Kadro, and they say, hey, you know what, her mom is better, and she's coming back to Tokyo. So that's pretty exciting. And on cue, she comes back in, she orders her Kadro Ochazuke, and all is well with the world. They go back to discussing their usual stuff, and that's where we're at.
1: All
0: right. A few things I want to talk about before we get into the main discussion. So the couple that we see when the episode opens, we talked about June already. So she works at a gay bar and she's a trans woman. So we also learned that the master frequents his bar from time to time. And I thought, as far as representation goes, this is pretty good. I mean, we know nothing about the master we discussed when we first began doing the podcast that we want to learn more about him. But even if we don't learn any more as far as that goes, I thought it was pretty cool to see that sort of thing. You have to sort of break, you know, the heteronormative thing that we're used to here, which was cool.
1: I do agree with that, but I don't know if it was due to the translation, but in the first episode, in the Red Wiener episode, the um what was his name? What are you? The Yakuza? Was, yeah, the Yakuza guy. Um he uses some dated language referring to Kosuzu. And I don't know if that was I don't want to repeat it, but it, it yeah, it, I don't, maybe it was just the translation, but because it used that type of translation, it might still have the same impact. I'm just pointing that out. I don't know. That might go for his character and like this might transcend all of this, which I hope. Um, But yeah, just just want to make a note of that.
0: And that's exactly what I was thinking, too, because I know the scene and the word that you're talking about. And I thought it was his character. Mm hmm. And I thought it was showing how the language he uses to talk about certain types of people
1: yeah. is a little
0: bit dated. And how he might not really be as okay. sensitive to things like that. That's that's my read on it.
1: Yeah, it just bit kind of hard.
0: <laughs> it did. Because it, it, it's it been a while, at least for us in the U.S., since we've seen that word uh, spoken by someone who is not a colossal bigot.
1: No, true. But I I, I would like to be on board with uh, what you think. It's just, it's like part of the character.
0: Yeah. Something else too that I noticed is that one of the the things about this episode is this idea that women can't be friends because of romantic competition. And even before this episode, I've heard this said by various people. You see this in things here and there. But you you almost never hear it for men. I don't know if I've ever heard this where men can't be friends because... A romantic interest will get in the way that is something that is totally foreign to me
1: i think it just is in the same vein of a lot of dangerous generalizations of a group of people and women is a pretty big group of people to make a a general uh statement about so i i can see how it is but um and again that's only in media and that's how they're portrayed i i can see how like this saying can come about, but yeah, I I don't agree with it. Yeah. In this episode, for me, like, I just have a couple of things I wanted to highlight was, again, with the amount of time that they have a- at their disposal, the amount of story that they can compact in, in, in one episode is still crazy to me. Just so many, like, metaphors and imagery used it's like very well and efficiently i think like my favorite scene was when pickled plum was um by herself and she order orders uh the um ochazuke and she's she's eating it and it's that slow transition again the same one that we saw with the nekomama episode just this transition into sadness just like letting go and she's eating it and she's like like master like it's too salty have you lost your touch and i thought that was just like so good like cuz she's like crying into into the bowl and then as you stated in the recap you know he just he has to drop the dimes and he's just like uh life is as simple as um, Ochizuke, and we eat delicious food and that's that and although like i have a problem with that saying but ju- just as a scene i'm a i am I can still step out of it and just say like this is it was just so well done and within that same scene when everybody when all the sisters come back, when they swap the dishes, like it's like the metaphor for seeing like from their perspective. You know, on the surface it might seem simple, but just again, how they do it in one episode. Crazy. Just really, really good. I, and just real quick until we go into the top in like our discussion, they were so disrespectful to, <laughs> to the master. One, I think it was just pickle plum now that I think about it. One she says, I think Rumi, or I'm sorry, salmon. Uh, I believe you mean Salmon and
0: Codro, Felix. I'm, I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, let you let me... have to use their birth names. <laughs> okay, all right. I apologize. So okay. I believe it was Codrow to Salmon. Uh, she was encouraging her to speak to those young, young boys over at the other end of the bar. Uh, and Pickle Plum says that like uh, <laughs> they don't have any money if they're eating in a dump like this. Yeah, that's just disrespectful. She was the most disrespectful one <laughs> out of the three sisters. All right, uh why don't we just like hop right into the the discussion? Let's do it. My theme, my overall theme is the whole getting older. And as you see in the story, they talk about age, right? And just talking about getting older, even talk about age differences of how like dating older guys is not the wave as the young people call it these days, but I'm not going to really comment on the overall story or theme of the sisters, like, trying to find true love. But I will comment on holding out without compromise and then also feeling like it's too late. And I'm going to relate that to my life. um, Not that I'm holding out to find my true love. But just with, like, right out of college, like, I thought I was just going to get, like, this hospital job just to pay the bills and stuff. And it ended up being... My job now, and it is like my career now. And even though I didn't want it, it was kind of just like that complacency thing, and it just was a vicious cycle that just kept going around. And and dealing with that now, but bringing it back to the show, I think it's it's the same effect, right? It's the it's these three friends who are trying to hold out to have this quote unquote true love, and they mention Pretty Woman, which I. Is that true love? Is that a good... Is that a, a, a picturesque vision of true love? So I only know that movie
0: from secondhand pop culture references, but I've never seen it before.
1: Oh, you, oh, okay. It's Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think she's a
0: prostitute, and I don't know what he does.
1: He's some... He's a chef. He's a No, he's a rich white guy. He's a sailor. Yeah.
0: Sailor Richard Gere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a different movie, right? Because there's a movie where he comes in and like... Oh, he's and he's in like his white Navy uniform and he comes in and I think he like he 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 picks the woman up because I've seen that in pop culture, too.
1: Is that is that is that that all the movies that Richard Gere has done? I think he was in a
0: movie where he was a detective. At the end, he finds the serial killer and he picks him up and he walks him right into jail.
1: I can't name another Richard Gere movie. Wasn't he in the Mothman prophecies? I've never seen it.
0: It's like the urban legend. It's like the the guy with wings.
1: No, yeah, no. That,
0: that. That's not the Jersey Devil. That's not Dracula. Shh
1: <laughs> I was waiting for the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I can't name but yeah, what do you what do you think of like that as like the the pinnacle, at least their pinnacle of true love.
0: As far as them holding out and waiting for it?
1: Oh, I meant just really just them referring to like pretty woman, quote unquote. Oh.
0: Well, again, haven't seen the movies, so it's 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 hard to comment on that directly, but I think to your general point about not wanting to compromise mm-hmm. that to me, that's not what true love is all about. Because I think there's gotta be compromise with a lot of things that you do. You know, you can compromise in a way where you don't abandon your principles, but it's a bit too unrealistic, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, that's really well said because that's that's exactly where I am with that. But I'm I'm really trying to bring it together with getting older, because and tying in with my personal experiences, it, it's just that where you're trying to hold out for that perfect opportunity, and you're like, nope, I if I'm not at like this specific job with this specific title with this specific starting salary that i'm not going to take it you'll end up where the four of us are it's (laughs) you know the sisters and i it seems initially not happy that brings me to another thing like you can see how close they are right and yeah one of the many other things that they are able to jam into this episode is just small scenes small like 30 second scenes of, of depicting how close they are you can just see it, right? In, like, the hospital scene, right? It's where Salmon's taking care of Pickle Plum. So short, but they must be pretty close, right? And It sets the tone. Yeah, yeah. So that brings me to my last point. Or rather, let me just ask this question. Do you think they actually want to find true love? Or find love?
0: I think they do. Yeah. I think there's something to be said. It's kind of like a Misery Loves Company type of deal. Where they're all in their minds, are all in this shitty position. So while they're there, in this position, they might as well get together and eat Ochazuke and complain about it. But I think that once one of them actually finds true love, however they define it, because I'm sure if they really sat and thought about it, they would see that maybe they're not on the same page about what that looks like. If they have something else going on in their lives they find the man of their dreams if any one of them finds a man of their dreams that's going to be less time with the other two and not that you have to hang out with someone 24/7 to keep a friendship up but it's going to be harder and i do think that their lives would change because i do think that that they are seeking true love right now on the other side of that though You could have this sort of thing where it's like, this is kind of an excuse for us to stay friends, right? It's a thing that kind of got us to be close in the first place. And I can see how some people might look at that. But the sense that I got was that they actually do want to find love.
1: Well, yeah, that latter part was where I am at. I think it's just become a vital pillar to their friendship. And like, that's it. Even with the scene in the beginning where they talk about their other friends when they came from their wedding, they were commenting pretty heavy on the marriage. But they're like, oh, but she she did look pretty and she looked happy. I've never seen her that happy before. Outside of all of that, it was just them either getting jealous or being dismissive of one another. And I don't know. I, I can't see one of them finding saying that they find true love and the other two believing So I really think it's just something that it's 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 the glue to, you know, their friendship.
0: And hopefully as they get a little older and as they have more life experiences, they'll understand that compromise, going back to what you were saying earlier, that compromise is going to have to play a vital role in finding a partner.
1: You know, that that's a good middle ground. I think that if they can learn that, then they can truly be happy.
0: Right. And not only with their potential future life partner, but with their existing friendship yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, because yeah, we see this sense of betrayal when Kadro was going to a marriage interview when Salmon begins to date Pickled Plum's ex. There's that betrayal, and they don't really allow themselves, at least initially, the thought that, hey, maybe this is making someone truly happy, because there's no idea of compromise here for the three of them. Yeah. So kind of to piggyback off of that, I think that when we talk about true love, this falls under a general umbrella of things that people don't want to miss out on in life. And I think this is probably true of any society in the world. And it comes with expectations. There's a, there's a fear of missing out, right? There are things that you should do. You should do this. You should find your true love. You should get married or even if you don't get married, have a life partner, I think for a lot of people, that's kind of the social standard. And when you look at the Ochazuke sisters specifically, they identify it happening in a very specific way. It has to be like a meeting by chance, you know? It's like that meet cute sort of thing, right? You bump into someone on the street, you're waiting in line for your coffee, and you strike up a conversation with the person behind you. But it's, it's so narrow. And... They don't even stop to think that they they could potentially find someone through a marriage interview or through a setup. I mean, if you believe in fate, and it seems like they very much do, right? This whole idea of a, of a meet-cute, they're going to find someone, they're going to stumble into someone, that can happen in so many different ways. And I think they're really not giving enough credit to different ways to meet someone who you might be destined to be with if you buy into that.
1: Yeah, even with the meet and greet, right? That I believe uh, was it. Uh, salmon was mentioning like uh, their coworker. I yeah, it was it yes. was salmon, um, mentioning that they go to these meet and greets and there's a lot of young guys there. And Pickle Plum, who seems to be the the sour one, um, shot that down immediately because it's not that meat cute thing. It would's not dropping her pen and the Richard Gear picks it up and you know, but. Them shutting out that as a possibility of finding their true love, yeah, that doesn't seem to help with their overall goal of finding true love, shutting out these possibilities. It just seems the path that they're on now, it's not going to happen for them. Hence why I think that they actually do not want to find true love. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah.
0: Do you have uh, anything else? Where's the worst place to have a meet-cute? If you could...
1: The worst, the worst,
0: the worst place. Ooh. All
1: right. Hold on. Let me crack my knuckles. Uh, It's business time. All right. Worst place. Yeah. Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are you including Disney World? Right now?
0: Let's say pre-quarantine.
1: No, outside of Miami, Orlando. Uh... Wait, wait, is there anything else? <laughs> Where the in other? Florida? No, that's it. Okay, all right. Nothing else exists in this yeah. thing. Okay, outside of those two cities.
0: <laughs> all right,
1: and your reasoning is not gonna do this. <laughs> okay, okay.
0: End of joke. Okay, fine. You. I think the meat aisle in a supermarket. <laughs> Why? Because there's just something very practical about like in particular that part of the store you know i guess if you're a vegetarian or a vegan might be a bit different i'm not so that's why i'm thinking this but it's like all right i just i need this chicken how like where where do you go from there you know oh okay i was reaching for that what are you gonna do i don't know maybe maybe that's completely
1: normal to oh, me. oh oh okay that's,
0: cool you said worst there's also just something about raw meat, specifically like raw okay, chicken. Right, maybe just looking at it. Yeah, maybe. You know? like,
1: <laughs> like let's talk yeah. in front of
0: a box of Captain Crunch.
1: <laughs> like what? I, I can imagine. Like I'm gonna use Richard Gear again. Oh like, my god! Like the girl goes He's in. Sue us. The us. The girl goes in. Touches the two pounds of like chicken breast, like on top, like the cold, like on top of the the saran wrap, cold. And Richard Gear also like touches, and they touch the same chicken breast oh god he and just comes like up with squishy, some like some it yeah yeah oh it's like to see the like and the chicken some jason Mraz song starts playing uh oh. but yeah okay maybe maybe you're right i'll let you know what happens to me yeah okay you're just gonna be standing in the meat aisle just touching
0: just I'm touching gonna, all like look the around meats. for anyone so when someone attractive walks up and I'm gonna try to time my hand touch with them. That's gonna be so creepy. You're gonna. Be- I'm gonna have like a shopping cart full of stuff, probably Captain Crunch. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I'm just gonna wait. It's gonna be like a cat and mouse game. Oh, oh yeah, how was, fast? Was, how was, fast was, do
1: you think you'd be arrested? I
0: don't think I'd be arrested. Well, yeah. I mean, no. I I would certainly be arrested. <laughs> um, probably take like an hour.
1: An hour sounds like a realistic amount of time for that to happen. Especially if it's not that crowded. Yeah. Right, because then I
0: really stand out more.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: All right, let's get the house. Mm, that was not what I wanted to say. Okay. We're not starting that over. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping this in here. Okay, let's get to housework before uh, the cops bust down my door.
1: I hope you didn't cut that out. Anyway, so um, housework, please follow us on Twitter at irashaipod. Uh, there you can ask us questions or comments and we'll read them live if we have time uh share and review on apple Podcasts, please that is the best way you can help us promote our show we have no real way to advertise our show right now so it'd be really really helpful and we just love hearing from y'all um our show is also a really good avenue to get a friend into the show and discuss and um bounce your ideas off of each other and then also listen to us to maybe help facilitate those discussions so yes please share with uh, friends our captivate website is up it's very bare bones right now so i'm going to be you know doing more work on that and we will be having a youtube channel so we'll just be having our just audio it's just a way for people to listen on desktop so i know some people like to listen to their podcast on youtube so i would like to get our show on as many avenues as possible And last but not least, we have a Patreon if you want to support us. So you can support the diner. Um and you can find the link on our Captivate website or even on the Captivate player if you just hit donate. It will bring you to our uh Patreon site. It's only a dollar, you know, and we're not trying to make money off of this. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I was just about to say (laughs) hello to you. This does become a thing, maybe that can alleviate some of um, uh, my problems, but it's just it's only a dollar. I know everybody has like monthlies, especially with all like the streaming services you probably have with quarantine. Uh, we we get it, but a dollar would definitely help us out with just like posting fees and and uh other domain stuff. So, yeah, it it's just it would help. So, not required, but uh, we love you either way, and it might
0: come with some life advice from yours truly. <laughs>
1: okay we're bringing this in all
0: it right could. okay i'm just saying i'm just gonna tease it a little bit i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna drop it and walk away you know i put the cheese under the box okay gotcha
1: there okay there will be a small incident. i need to update the benefits of uh the of on the tier on the patreon so have a little teaser for that so all right i that is it for housework uh why don't we close up shop
0: all right well folks thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this is jim this is felix We'll see you soon. Peace.